This is the part where I introduce the guest, and if you think you've heard a similar intro before, then you may well have done, thanks to Echogate recently on the channel, the bizarre series of events that led us to interview the wrong person. So let's put a wrong right and give our guest today the intro that he actually deserves. In the early 90s, the platform wars were in full flow. Which was the best machine? Was it the Atari ST, the 16-bit consoles, the IBM PC, or my machine, the Amiga? It was the Amiga. And my weapon of choice to demonstrate that my machine was the best was to reach for the discs from the demo scene. Demos like Jesus on Ease by the group LSD, which was essentially a 30-minute rave. It was an incredible demo that stunned anyone that I showed it when they came to my bedroom and I fired up my Amiga. Today's guest is the man responsible for that huge tune that accompanied the Jesus on Ease demo and much more besides. So some may know him as Graham, but I know him as Echo from the demo group LSD. Welcome, Graham. Hi, everyone. Have, Hi. have we got the right Echo today? Yeah, it's it's definitely the right <laughs> Echo. Yeah. It was it was a very odd series of events that led us to interview the, the yep. wrong Echo. Interesting is, couple of days, surely. Yeah, yeah. Is it something that's happened to you before? Has anyone ever passed off your music as their own before? Or yeah, to... actually, um, Mr. X, um, a couple of years ago, um, did actually point out a, another YouTuber um, who was uh, some older tunes, some older mods, um, not Jesus on Ease, but you know some other ravey type stuff. Um, but he was also passing them off as his, as his own work. Um, I called him out actually there and then in a in a bit of a ranty kind of response in his in his chat. Um, next day I checked the the channel was no longer there. So uh, whether it's the same guy I don't know. Um, but yeah, certainly a similar experience to what you've had. I think there. Yeah, I guess they just think, well, this music's so old. Who's going to remember it? And they just sort this, of this take is a it. Chance. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm I'm just surprised that so many still remember this this thing I did in my teens. I mean. <laughs> That's mad, isn't it? Really? Oh, we've never so forgotten. Like I've, I've said years ago. It's funny, yeah. It is mad, but it's still it's still regularly on my playlist. Jesus on ease, just like any other CD or tape that I had from the period. It's it's music, and it's good music, and you go back to it. And uh, we'll come on to that demo in particular shortly. But uh, before you got into the demo scene days, how did you get your first mu- your first taste for music creation, Graham? Oh, I mean, I've I've always been quite musical from a from a very um, early age, um, you know, I, I did piano at school, stuff like that. Um, but I, ne- I never really got into it. I knew I was musical. I could do music. I could, you know, um, I didn't have perfect pitch or anything. I, I wasn't very good at reading music, um, but I, I, I could do it all by ear. I could produce music. I could, I could make a tune. I could remember how to play it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but it was very limiting. You know, it's just a, a piano. It's just one sound. There's not really a lot you can do with that I, I found i found the whole thing very limiting um but i was also very into technology um especially computers and stuff like that and uh yeah when i first when i got my first machine um or my first computer that allowed me to do that my atari uh, st um that was the first platform that actually enabled me to combine those two great passions of you know i was able to do all this stuff do all this make all this music more than just the one keyboard sound i was able to you know combine multiple sounds um that was actually i don't know if you remember it there's a program called uh, quartet on the atari st it's like this I was, uh, I was an amiga man so i wasn't that familiar with the, I, I don't know if that this, was on the amiga as well but what i'm hearing is a, an atari st man created one of the greatest amiga tracks <laughs> <laughs> well you know atari st i got an atari st because my mate had one um okay. and he said they were cool and i 
you know, I didn't really know, know much about the Amiga, so I just went with his recommendation. Um, I think if you showed any kind of interest in music, the Atari ST was the default option, wasn't it? It, it was. It was about MIDI, though, wasn't it? And, yeah. you know, keyboards and controlling synths, you know, something that, uh, you know, a 15, 16-year-old just couldn't afford or, or had. So, um, yeah, it was somewhat restricting. Didn't really do a lot of music. But what I did like about the ST was the demo scene. Um, it was my first kind of um, experience of the demo scene. Um, such demos, I mean, what was there? There was uh, the Union demo, the big demo, what the heck, you know, loads of those big um, Atari demos from the, from that time really got me into the demo scene, got me interested in what what you could do creatively with the platform. Uh, so then I came across this, this application called Quartet. Um, it wasn't very nice. Uh, it wasn't a tracker. Uh, you placed, you could mix four sounds together to make music and they could be samples, blah, blah, blah. And obviously it didn't sound as great because these were using the YM2149 Atari ST chip, which wasn't a, you know, it wasn't built for playing samples, but they, they managed to do it. It sounded awful, but yeah, they managed to cram these four audio channels. <laughs> the worst thing about it was that you wrote the music in score notation, placing <laughs> quavers and whatever you on a, on a, on a bar. So you're, uh, you're putting samples on a, on a bar. <laughs> so yeah, about, yeah. about a year later, um, of using the ST, uh, I, I, I moved over to the Amiga and, um, yeah, I mean, even better demos. I've got access to things like ProTracker. Um, and, yeah, it kind of just went from there, really. So That's you didn't make any moves to, to get involved in the demo scene in the ST days? You were just sort of playing your trade? I didn't even know it existed. I, mean, I didn't know it existed. It, it was not something I was exposed to beyond, you know, just, just being able to watch them and, and experience the demos. Yeah, it's not, not something I ever had sort of... Never thought I'd get into, to be honest with you. I was just an observer. Yeah, so it sounds like it was uh, something of a hobby. I mean... I, uh, I I tinkered, I dabbled with um, trackers when I had my Amiga, um, never to any high standard. But as someone like you who could um, remember a tune, play a tune, but wasn't really very good at any musical instrument, it was a great fun thing to play with. Instead of firing up a game, fire up a tracker, make some noise. It was good fun. It was accessible. Yeah, totally, yeah. Yeah, so you moved into the Amiga then, and then things must have got a bit more serious. How did you find your way into the demo scene? Well, um, I don't, I can't remember who introduced me, and I've been racking my brain um, for years actually trying to remember who it was. But I mean, I remember meeting Pazza, who was the the leader of um, LSD at the time, in his Gainsborough home. Um, there were some other people from the group there. Um, Shagrat was there, Mub was there, um, Maxman was there. Um, I, I played them some of my mods that I brought with me, um, and then they basically invited me into the group. Um, and I made music for another couple of years for the for the group. Um, and that was you know, no major productions, just um, you know, music that was included in like the Grapevine magazine and, and stuff like that. But, um, but you know, I, I wanted to. Yeah, it's a bit of a story actually. <laughs> Because uh, the reason I got into rave music is because when I when I left school I didn't go to college or anything. When I when I left school um, I went I went straight into work, and uh, I was working in Grantham um, for this uh, laser display company, um, where we would build um, these sounds very glamorous. We would build these laser display systems and take them out to gigs. Now these gigs happened to be raves, so I'd work all week and then I'd drive Friday night out to the middle the field in the middle of nowhere and uh, set up a scaffold tower and hold this big laser up on top of this laser tower and set it all up. Um, and then, you know, just press buttons all night in time with the music. But the music was rave. And it was my first kind of um, 
it was my first introduction to this this type of music and i you know i thought it was amazing you know it's so different to um what, what was out there you know the 80s the 90s music it was you know the commercial stuff it was just it was just so uninspiring and boring you know um but uh rave was really different rave i really like the contrasts in rave you know it's very very powerful for me um so yeah i took that and uh went to my amiga and sampled some sampled some tapes at the time you, you must have heard in some of those rave tracks though you must have heard well that's a sample that's a sample being triggered there that's a sample of such and such a beat i could do that on my amiga exactly yeah. exactly yeah and i'd seen actually you know some some people play live on a synth just triggering samples and that's like well yeah that's, that's, that's no different i can do all of that yeah it was better quality than the amiga could produce but you know it was still good enough mm-hmm. um so yeah I, I i went home and i sampled some stuff and i started to make um some rave music mm-hmm and uh, one of those tracks, or, or in fact, I think about fourteen of those tracks turned into Jesus on Ease. It was about fourteen mods, wasn't it? In the yeah, yes, demo? it was thir- thirteen mods made up the main um, the main demo, and then there was an end mod as well. So yeah, it's fourteen in total. But that wasn't the first um, rave demo that LSD did. Um, the first one was called Total Chaos, um, which is my first attempt at creating a rave style mega mix. Um, but that was kind of it was on two flop it was on one or two floppies I think um, but it wasn't very exciting it was just like a static um, visual analyzer scrolling around in the middle with a you know some scrolling text along the bottom um, you know and about I don't know 15 minutes of music something like that um, but it wasn't really what I wanted to achieve I I, I wanted to do what um, you know some of the things I was seeing in in raves and seeing some of the displays where you had you know rave music going on lots of changing images and you know fancy graphics going on and um you know animations stuck in there and all of that i wanted to reproduce that on the amiga but my my dreams of putting uh you know 25 30 30 minutes worth of audio on on a floppy disk was just was not possible at the time um so i um i don't even remember it it was a mahonian cactus music disk um that basically um, they'd crammed like I don't know it must have been like 80 100 songs onto one floppy disk. It was, it was well beyond what was what was possible, um, to, you know, to fit on a floppy disk. But they but they managed it, and I figured out they managed it by making all of these making all of these tunes from like a pool of samples. Yeah. So I I I thought aha right I can. Uh, I think this might be the answer for my for my dream. Um, so I went to Pazzo and I went to Shagrat and I said, look, you know, this is the way they've done this. And basically, you know, they're basing it all on a pool. What if we did the same kind of thing where I write this big mega mix off a pool of samples and likewise the graphics and effects and things like that could also be streamed off the disc as the demo went. And they're like, well, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll give it a go. And um, yeah, that was... Yeah, because I guess, that's, that's you know, history, I guess with the Amiga, once the sample's in in the tracker, you can play it at different speeds. You can, you know, you can reverse it. You can do all sorts with it, and then you just need one or two unique samples, I guess, per section to make it sound different. A, a lot of it was ripped off. You know, yeah. I'm not going yeah. to pretend. You know, a lot of it was based on um, popular music at the time. Um, so yeah, a lot of that was sourced. Um, yeah, well, it opens it with my sources. It opens with tubular bells. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So there's well, a lot well, of samples actually, in there that are familiar. Yeah, I mean, I had to four-four the tubular bells because it's actually a three-four timing, um, ah, so I had to make nice. it fit the make it make it fit the uh, the four-four timing of rave. But uh, yeah, that was uh, I just I just like those 
I'm all about the contrast. I like I like I like contrasting things. It's why I like um it's why I like dubstep. You know what I mean? Because it's the slow beat and the intense kind of melodic stuff in the middle. It's, it's, you know, it's it's all about the contrast for me with music. Um, you know, and that's just another another example of of the contrast, yeah. I guess. What other samples might we have heard in Jesus on these? specifically right well um i do have a list i should have prepared it i didn't um, <laughs> um i i think there was some prodigy in there wasn't there there was there was some prodigy there was some shaman there was um actually a lot of the source material came from a hit the decks mega mix cd of the time which i played on continuous loop in the company van um as i was driving off to the raves um, so yeah, a lot of that was, you know, very, very much cemented in my mind, and uh, well, again, was 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 a lot of the inspiration for um, productions like Total Chaos and, and Jesus on Ease. Yeah. So presumably, copyright was of no concern to you whatsoever when you were taking these samples. No, correct. <laughs> and what were you using to grab the samples? Was it like a what we're back in the Amiga days? Yeah, was it like a Techno Sound Turbo or something? Yeah, it was something like that. It was yeah. it was something rectangular that plugged into the parallel port mm-hmm. that's about as much as i remember um yeah. but it, it, it wasn't you know it was coming off tapes it was coming off well and then later on to cds uh, off cds but uh yeah and then it how... wasn't it wasn't the, the wasn't the highest quality sampler by any means no no and then how was it all stitched together then into the demo that we know who else was involved in the process because it was you doing the music i think Shagrat was involved Right, so um, yeah, Shagrat, who's Paz's brother, um, they actually did. Um, he actually did the main coding of all the of the, all of the effects. Um, Pazza kind of did some of the graphics as well. He worked through um, a lot of the animations that were ripped out of the wall. He did a lot of the masking on all of those and frame sequencing of that out of the. But then he, he called on basically lots of other people in the group to basically contribute. Um, I think um, Watchman did the you know, did the splash screens and, and stuff like that for the loading screens. Um, so yeah, it was uh, it was a it was a it was a group. It was my idea, but it was a uh, you know it couldn't have been achieved without obviously everybody else. I was just I was just a music guy. I knew nothing about programming. I just had some ideas, understood the technicalities, but not the actual practicalities. And uh, but fortunately, I, I knew people who did. Uh, so yeah, to be able to able to get that, um, the effects and stuff. So yeah, basically, I got a. Uh, I, I set Shagrat a task to go and create some, you know, effects. And he gave me basically a list of these effects and said, right, well, how are we going to um, synchronize these with the music? And um, I came up with the idea that at, at the time, um, I don't know if you've used ProTracker, so I'm sure, sure you know this, but um, you control um, effects using hexadecimal codes within the within the tracker mm-hmm. um, in the extra column. As it that's goes that's down. it. Yeah. yeah. And some of those um, some of those effects weren't used. Um, some some of the some of the denominators for those like f and stuff weren't weren't actually used by any function. So basically, we used that function and a, and a and a number to trigger the the different effects in the demo in time with the music. So um, basically, I, I, basically, <laughs> I spent so much time going through every single pattern in every single mod, manually entering these sequences oh but you were used to that that was just like sitting with the laser display at the back of the rave game it was but then i'd I'd, every single one i'd play back the i'd like get to like three minutes in and then i'd play back the whole demo and watch it up to what i'd done so far to check that it was okay and then carry on i must have watched that demo so many times it's it's sickening actually (laughs) how many times i've watched that demo (laughs) you maybe Um, don't have the same fondness for it as i do then (laughs) 
<laughs> but you know that, that's that's um i think that's why um at the time there were obviously people ripped the mods of everything and um there was ripped mods of um jesus on ease going around and i think there are even some how they're still on the internet that still contain those commands in in the mod but sound weird when you play them back on a player um because the player because later on they obviously introduce features for those um for those functions and yeah kind of that's why they sound weird yeah let's talk about the the wider demo scene then because there were supposedly i didn't get to go to any of them uh, legendary parties in the 90s that surrounded the scene um where the greatest and latest and greatest demos would be played and and fight the, fight it out to be chosen to be the best of the year did you attend any of these parties yeah, I, I did a couple. Um, the Jesus on Ease one was released at, at one such party, um, the Digital Symposium party um, in October 1992. That's when we released uh, Jesus on Ease. Um, How was it was received at that two. party? It was. It came second. Oh, no. <laughs> it was, it, I think it was received as um, repetitive and uh, unimaginative uh, compared to other more traditional demo <laughs> shall we say oh, um, you were ahead of the curve i, th- I think i think people had, you'd had to you had to appreciate the music didn't you you had to yeah. you had to be into rave to be able to get into the demo and you know it wasn't a widely accepted um you know yeah type of music was it and uh, were there any groups who you would consider rivals was there much rivalry i don't remember much rivalry to be honest with you all i remember is um taking my pc uh, taking my pc taking my amiga along um a, a mountain of speakers and an amp and just basically playing music as, as loudly as possible to drown everybody else out. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that was about that, that was pretty much my my party experience. But no, there wasn't much rivalry as far as I remember. Um, it was a pretty good, wholesome experience all round. Um, they went on for a couple of days as well, so people would sort of sleep in sleeping bags. There'd be competitions. Um, the later ones had obviously expanded to having things on the screen and all that kind of stuff on a bigger screen. Um, but you know, it's all very much early days in uh, back then. Yeah. Did you ever get to play any of your uh, Amiga created music app? Um, some of those big raves that you used to attend? Did you? No, I, I was I was purely the laser guy. I had, I had nothing to do with the, with the audio or anything. <laughs> right, we have a barking dog. What's the dog called? Uh, my dog's called Thor. Thor, good name. <laughs> He's a very small dog. It seemed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's small white and fluffy he's like a shih tzu so yeah we seems that thor thor was the only real choice you know <laughs> all about that contrast again so um uh we'll move on to slightly then from the from the demo scene you've you've made a name for yourself in the demo scene i i can see that you'd worked on 10 11 12 different uh or four different demo groups it wasn't just lsd so you moved no, that's not true um the, the that information on what page was that that you that you posted? Ooh, I'll have to send you the link. Was that incorrect information? It's not it, like it me can... to put incorrect information on a video. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm just as shocked. Um, <laughs> the um, I, I, it's like one of those demo sites where they list all of the you know what I think there are a lot of people called Echo, and I think there's been I think there's a lot of overlap in what groups, what people remember of what groups. Um, but no, I was only ever a member of two groups. The first I can't remember the name of, and then I joined lsd and i joined lsd until the end of my senior career if you will right there we go we've set the record straight then (laughs) (laughs) yeah that 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 information is uh yeah i've never been back i've never been bothered enough to correct it (laughs) i didn't think it mattered so uh post post demo scene um the amiga well the amiga starts to enter its decline 
um, and we all moved on, sadly, well, most of us did. Uh, what happened next for your career? Because, you know, this whole music thing, it wasn't really a career for you, but were you well, looking I mean, to make I, it a career? I, I moved down to Exeter um, a few years later um, with a girlfriend um, and, um, you know, just lazed about for a couple of years on the dole. Um, eventually got a job in, in IT for an insurance company, um, you know, just IT support. But I was still doing music and stuff like that. Someone someone I knew um, actually worked in uh, worked for Glastonbury and ran one of the stages. And he also um, was, a, was a manager for a couple of other bands. Um, so I, I played him some of my, you know, more recent stuff that had been written on a, on a PC um, in, a, in a breakbeat style. Um, he liked that. And I, I actually played Glastonbury. Oh, wow. uh, for, for two years um under what name did you appear so that's under my new moniker uh which was spoon wizard spoon wizard okay. so i moved away from echo because I was, I was fed up of everyone saying oh and the bunny men or something like that <laughs> every time i said what my name was um so i thought you know i'll go, I'll go with i'll go with something weird so when you applied for the it jobs um did you include any of your lsd information on your cv did it open any doors for you no, no, those two worlds are very, very far apart, I think. <laughs> uh, Mr. X, I think it was, said to me, oh, um, it might have been someone else, but they said, oh, yeah, um, Graham, who was Echo, uh, you know, he does a lot of IT now and he does a lot of work on VMware and things like that. And I was like, no, don't spoil the legend. I don't want to think about this guy in a server room spinning up virtual machines. I want to think about him kicking out mods and playing at but Glastonbury. I, I like That's that a much too. better story. Can't I do both? You can do both. Okay. <laughs> a, a, guy's, a man's got to feed himself, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> how, um, on reflection then, just to, to wrap it up, Graham, how important do you think those demo scene days were to you, either for your career or just for your life, shaping your life in general? Would you change anything? No, I, I wouldn't change anything. I think they were, you know, it was an inspiring time. Um, you know, I, I I still reminisce about those days uh, enough to go on and write a you know a remake of of the Jesus on Ease track. Um, you know, so uh, I still get messages you know from people. Um, they, they message me through my website. Um, you know, I don't get very many. You know, maybe once every couple of years or something. But um, you, you know, people saying you know I, I remember Jesus on Ease. I just found your site. I just found the remix. You know, uh, thanks so much. I just wanted to say thanks so much for you know the inspiration from. Um, you know, back in the day, it made me do this, it made me do that. And that's, you know, that's 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 pretty amazing mm-hmm. to hear that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, it must be. Where can we find that website and any other links that you want to share with us to hear your music? Oh, my, my main website, which is uh, spoonwizard.com, um, that is, uh, probably needs an update, hasn't been touched in many years. I'm very lazy when it comes to such admin. Um, majority of my music um, and stuff that I'm doing of late, I basically put on my SoundCloud soundcloud webpage um which is also under the same title um spoon wizard okay i'm sure you'll include some links yeah we'll put some links in the description so uh i do encourage people to go and check it out go and listen to the the remixed version of jesus on ease and and all of graham's newer music um graham thank you so much for spending the time with us today might we might we ever get to see you at one of these retro expos or anything like that to, to see you playing your music um i did go to um the sundown demo party uh, a couple of years ago because um, that's fairly local to me and uh if that um organizer puts on another event i'm 
I'll, I'll try and make an effort. No promises. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I will <laughs> be big there. on public appearances, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, do, I'll do what I can. Excellent. Graham, Echo, Spoon Wizard, thank you for your time, sir. You're welcome. Thank you. You've been listening to the Retro Tea Break podcast. If you enjoy this kind of thing, then check out my YouTube channel, Retro Man Cave. Or for more podcasts, search Retro Island Diskettes. Or see the show notes for links. <laughs>